Hi, I'm Alan Alexandrov, and I'm one of the senior editors of the journal uh, Global Summetry. It's my pleasure today uh, to have the opportunity to uh, uh, sit down with Julio Pamares, who is the executive director of CPEC. CPEC is the Center for Implementation of Public Policies Promoting Equity and Growth and was one of the co-coordinators for the Argentinian summit of the T20 or the Think Tank 20. I know that Julia uh, held many meetings over the period of time in which Argent the Argentinian government was host uh, to uh, the G20 process. And I wanted to explore with her what she saw as the mission and goal of uh, the T20 process, uh, how it related uh, to the G20 process ongoing at the time uh, with the Argentine government, and then to look a wee bit forward towards uh, the Japanese uh, summit, uh, G20 summit, which will take place um, in June of this uh, current year uh, in Osaka. Uh, and so what we have here, just before I introduce Julia, is episode 10 of the Summit Dialogue series. It's an interview with Julia looking back on the Argentinian G20 process, uh, the T20 process that accompanied it, and looking forward a bit to the Japanese G20 and T20 processes. So it's my pleasure then to introduce uh, Julio Pamares, who is the executive director of CPEC. Good morning. Morning. Very nice to be with you. Yes. So, uh, Julia, uh, as I mentioned, you're the executive director of CPEC, which uh, is the Center for Implementation of Public Policies. It's a big, long name. Promoting Equity and Growth. And it's one of the major um, think tanks in Argentina. And uh, as it turns out, uh, in the Argentinian year of hosting the G20, uh, CPEC and you have uh, been identified as the as a co-coordinator along with colleagues at um, CARI, the Argentinian Council for International Relations, uh, to in effect um, ho uh, host and develop the T20 process. So I thought I would start by asking you, uh, you know, we know that the T20 is a um, an engagement group, and maybe you can give a little bit of, fill in uh, the audience with a little bit of description of what the various engagement groups are and what the T20 in particular is. Yes, uh, sure. Um, well, you know, the T20 uh, got us the, the main uh, uh, government and powers in the world, and there is this uh, idea and a strategy of having some engagement groups in which different uh, voices from outside governments can uh, inform and also suggest ideas for the T20 and coming from different voices outside government, uh, B20, Business 20 uh, from the business sector, uh, uh, C20 from civil society, S20 from the science um, uh, sector and the T20 uh, is 
the engagement group gathering think tanks across the world, not only from T20, from G20 countries, but also from other countries. So it's one of the seven engagement groups. Uh, I think I forgot to mention that there is a W20 uh, women that is uh, in, engaging the voices from the from from women across different sectors and working in different uh, uh, women organizations across the world. So this is the T20, and this is uh, the voice of the ideas, the voice of uh, uh, think tanks trying to inform the discussions and conversations and negotiations mm-hmm. among G20 countries. Okay. Now, uh, the president, President Macri of Argentina, and his officials early on announced kind of the major themes that they saw for Argentinian hosting, and that included the future of work, infrastructure for development, a sustainable food future, and gender mainstreaming strategy across uh, the G20. So with your colleagues from CARI, um, and as coordinator for the T-Trainee process, what did you see then as your mission and goal uh, as a uh, co-coordinator of the T-20 process? Well, I think that, uh, and, and actually there was a lot of discussion at the beginning of this process here in Argentina, um, and, and it was a great conversation about what is the role of a think tank at the time where uh, the levels of uncertainty, the levels of uh, uh, polarized discussion across the globe uh, make us think that the T20 should not only have a technocratic vision or a technocratic strategy to this endeavor, but also a more um, inspiring and challenging one in terms of thinking of what, what are the what are different ideas, perspectives, uh, where we can think of how to get. Uh, beyond some of the uh, different tensions that are going on in different areas from climate change to infrastructure or, or food security. So what we thought that it was going to be the main goal of our uh, adventure at the T20 Argentina was to engage very, very diverse group of think tanks. Uh, and let me now say that from the very beginning of the T20, there was a, a great role of the mayor think tank from, from established democracies, and we wanted to uh, have that potential, but expand it to other think tanks from emerging countries, because at this moment we, we thought it was very important to have a very diverse and plural group of think tanks. So uh, we had 140 think tanks participating uh, over the year in the Argentinian process. And also to think not only that we wanted some policy briefs with very specific recommendations for G20 countries, but also some inspiring ideas. And, and we also uh, partnered with Vision 20, a group of, of intellectuals that you know, you know a lot about, uh, about how to think of different ways in which we can help to have a discussion about multilateralism, about different... Uh, discussions that are going on nowadays. So it wasn't only about policy briefs, but also about uh, what we call it vision uh, documents with different ideas to to uh, nourish the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as a, <laughs> as a uh, coordinator or member of the V20, I understand quite well what you were 
what you were concerned <laughs> what, what you were concerned with, along with my colleagues uh, Colin Bradford from Brookings and Eve Tebergen from the University of uh, British Columbia. Let me take you though to uh, I was fortunate enough to be in Buenos Aires in September, September sixteenth to the eighteenth, which was the final T uh, twenty uh, gathering, and at that. Uh, meeting, uh, the opening of the meeting, in fact, you and your colleagues uh, at the time presented uh, a T a twenty communique uh, to uh, the president, uh, uh, President Macri, and the question is, uh, you know, kind of what was there, what what it was it that you were presenting? This was not a small document. Oh uh, yes. Um, well, we, we followed our uh, German colleagues uh, yeah. who did a great, amazing job before us in during the German presidency, the and Kiel Institute for Economy, in having a communique that was a, um, a prioritization. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of some of the recommendations because. We we were very open in having different uh, policy briefs. We, were, we had more than 80 policy briefs produced during the Argentinian presidency. We didn't want to uh, uh, short the conversation or make it uh, small, but to have a very big conversation. But then we, as, as coordinators of the T20, we uh, chose 20 recommendations that are on the communique. And also we developed a vision or a, uh, an overall uh, idea of this communique that has a very probably ambitious title saying cooperation to overcome the challenges of multilateralism. Mm-hmm. And basically what we call uh, saying, well, the G20 was successful in handling the global financial crisis of 2008 to 2009 and, and obviously containing the aftershock. And at that moment, the world was facing an urgent global threat, and G20 was a clear response to that. And now, in this moment, uh, we are facing also a very uh, urgent global threat, but it's not perceived as as such because it's not as uh, uh, easy to grab as the financial crisis in 10 years ago. Uh, but it's as urgent as at the moment, and uh, global problems demand those type of cooperative responses and institutions that can also generate those commitments. So we wanted to have a, a call for this cooperation, and we set three big themes, one related to designing about redesigning the multilateral trading system, a second one, and very important for us, that was fulfilling the Paris Agreement, and then a third one uh, of how we can promote a new social contract and the role of uh, G20 in that very, very ambitious and long-term uh, goal, but I think we, we think it's very important. And and then I think a last uh, thing to say about this communique was that trying to put um, on very visible that because of the representativeness, because of the diversity, and also because of the flexibility, there's no other other uh, uh, place rather than the T20 as a place for these very ambitious challenges. And we, we we knew, obviously, that it wasn't going to be 
uh, achieved by the G20 in 2018 and it's not going to be fulfilled in 2019. Uh, probably, but it's something that we need to work together and think about. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, the communique, as you pointed out, there was backed up by 80 policy briefs. There were 10 task forces. Uh, the communique included 20 proposals. Um, and you've identified some of what you believe to be the key proposals. Uh, now, let me take you uh, to the leader's uh, declaration. And the leader's declaration, of course, was prepared by the officials of the various uh, G20, well, the 19 um, uh, leaders and their officials, and then, of course, the uh, European Union to make up the 20. That declaration, at least uh, the formative um, aspect of it, the formal one, was a, was seven pages of text. As, and what do you... I mean, I have some difficulty seeing the relationship between the 47-page communique and the seven-page leader's declaration. In, in which way you see the difficulties in the in the in the the differences in the recommendations or in the achievement of those and, and the influence of those uh, recommendations on the G20 on the G20 declaration? Well, let me let me be more specific. I mean, uh, you had some important um, uh, proposals, for instance, on climate change. Uh, and in fact, if you look at the leader's declaration, uh, uh, the leaders uh, did no more than uh, two paragraphs. The first paragraph was the group of 19, which reaffirmed their commitment to the Paris Peace Agreement, uh, sorry, the Paris Climate Change Agreement. And uh, the second paragraph, uh, which was that the United States was sticking to its withdrawal from the Paris Climate Agreement. And, you know, also in, uh, I looked, uh, there were some numerous, not unreasonably, in the T20 communique, there were uh, a serious kind of examination of the Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals in the T20 communique. Uh, there was one paragraph in the leader's declaration that really did no more than say, yeah, there is this thing called the Agenda 2030. So I'm looking at these two documents, and they seem to be significantly far apart. Yes, I think that's uh, half, uh, half of the glass. <laughs> and we knew that uh, climate change uh, was not going to be part of, a, of, a, uh, of, a, of the big negotiations. We, we knew the situation beforehand, but we wanted to stress that that is important to... Uh, to press for that, so we weren't expecting to have a, and, and that was, and that's not the idea of a communique. I think to have a, a an implementation of other recommendations because it's not obviously the way that we think politics uh, works. But we did uh, think that it was important to put climate change and and to to, to say that uh, on a way was saying we know that this is something that you're not going to. Uh, to be to agree on, but we think it's important that uh, we say that, and 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 you know that this is something that it should be uh, on on a negotiation table. So I think uh, there are different types of strategies in our communique from think tanks, and I think some of them are to 
uh, have this role of having some things on the conversation, even if we know that they're not going to be on the conversation. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the putting on the, in the G20 communique that the was it's 19 plus one strategy now, uh, unfortunately, and this issue was also uh, from the T20 was uh, having uh, a sincere conversation about where is this topic now on the agenda. So on 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 that uh, of, on climate change, uh, you are definitely right that the, the, the documents are very uh, uh, far uh, apart from each other. But I'm, I think, and maybe obviously I have a bias because I've been working on that and, and <laughs> it's important to bear in mind, but I think that uh, we, we made a lot of uh, strong recommendations about mm-hmm. how the, the future of work, uh, the, the different strategies towards the future of work need to take into account some very important differences across uh, countries and especially between emerging countries and on strong economies about the role of informality and how it will affect the future of work and, and other issues in which emerging countries differ from uh, strong economies. And I think that is something that is uh, on the table in the, on the G20 communique and it was present there. Uh, and the same, for example, with uh, a very important issue for Argentinian presidency of uh, gender. Um, and also about the uh, re- regarding trade, uh, the the recommendations about the the redesigning of the WTO and the, the quarter of uh, IMF, mm-hmm. and how they should be uh, more aware of the uh, power of uh, emerging countries uh, in the in in the IMF quarters. I think there are some important issues in our communique that were present on the G20 uh, communique. And also, and I think that, Alan, is something I would like to stress, is that I think the role of the T20 is not only trying to influence the T20 communique, but also having a good conversation and dialogue across the year. And I think uh, we, we were very satisfied with that part of our job, and I think it's something that we learned from our German uh, colleagues, and I hope we can also help this presidency in, in Japan and, 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 and ahead is that the role of a think tank and of role of ideas is not only to have one idea written down in a, an official document, but to help inform the discussions. And there were so many dialogues across all the year with T20 uh, authorities in which we, we could invite think tanks from different parts of the world and have having them part of the conversations and bringing new evidence in, on the table and bringing new uh, perspectives. So I think it's not only the influence should not be measured by how many lines are similar in both documents, but also in how we shape those discussions. And obviously it's very difficult to measure our impact there. And I can tell you that it has a great impact. And, and I don't know how, how I could show you with data that that was part of our job, but I think uh, it's a way, the intangible uh, role of think tanks, and it's very difficult to measure, but I think it's a very important part of, of, of what think tanks should do, and, and, and I think that's what Vision 20, for example, I think is trying to push over the, the last years when they, they was created for that. I, 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 I think that. 
Yeah, I, I see your, I, I understand your point. And clearly, uh, we had entered in, a number of us had entered into this discussion in part because we'd seen the disjunction, uh, the disconnect between, uh, what leaders were saying, principally through these declarations, but also by way of, uh, reporting by, uh, our journalist colleagues and, uh, the publics, their own publics, in uh in terms of um in terms of be- hearing what the leaders were saying all i'm suggesting is there seems to be a similar uh decoupling or disjunction or disconnect between the g20 and uh that is the leaders and the officials the bureaucrats whether it's you know the finance track or the sherpa track and uh, the work of the T20, and believe me, I, I was involved in, and understand the wide-ranging involvement of many different think tanks from across the world. But I'm I'm trying to understand the connection between that work and and the leaders. I don't think uh, that you should be seeing an automatic uh, alignment between the two, and that I think sure. it's not the role of an engagement group. So uh, I think, and, and you have to bear in mind that uh, against the background of what we were at the moment, we were in uh, the beginning of 2018 or of uh, uh, close to 2018, uh, at some point there were some... Uh, uh, pessimism about the idea of having a community at all, uh, and I think that was a very that could have been uh, um, uh, a final a final result of this process, and I think it would have been a very bad uh, result and outcome for the for the world and for uh, for the global world, and I think that was part of uh, a good way of uh, woodwork of the G20 Argentina that uh, at some point it wasn't that clear that a communique and, uh, and, uh, and some negotiations among countries uh, will have uh, a final communique. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think that it was a very difficult context and I think the, the communique was a very good uh, outcome out of it and some of the recommendations of the G20 are there, some are not. Um, but I think that the the moment of the world and the uncertainty uh, at this time needs to make us think beyond the uh, influence of the way of measuring the lines that are written in both documents that look similar. Um, I don't know if, if, if I'm, I'm making it clear what, what I think, but um, a different way in which we can measure how uh, a group of think tanks can influence uh, governmental conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in fact, I wanted you to kind of react to this view from uh, our, our colleague Colin Bradford of uh, Brookings, who, as you rightly pointed out, is also a member of this uh, V20 group, but also the Think20. And he suggests that what what the T20 has is and has become is kind of a progressive policy group of multi-stakeholder leaders. You mentioned 140 different think tanks involved in one way or another in the process, um, but increasingly separate from the leaders-level track of the G20. 
Uh, and in fact, uh, the effort uh, efforts no longer only channel new ideas to, according to to Colin, uh, for G20 national leaders at their annual summits, but constitute creative and innovative thought leadership for the society. So he's suggesting that in fact the T20 is really channeling more of kind of what's um, what's viewed as important and uh, potentially leading to policy views from the societies and it seems to to measure uh, to kind of match up a little bit to a recent uh, publication by my colleague uh, Raghu Rajan who's at the University of Chicago now he was the um the head of the central bank in India most recently and now back at the University of Chicago but he he just recently wrote a book called The Third Pillar in which he said okay so we've got the market and we've got the state you know the group of leaders but in, uh-huh. but we need to pay attention increasingly to the community or to society and is it not the case that the T20 in effect is really operating more at that level yes yes uh, i understand what uh you're saying and calling it's suggesting and and it's true i think maybe part of our role as T20 members is uh, to engage the society in this conversation mm-hmm. and not uh, um, talk to officials, but to engage uh, a broader public and a broader audience. It's a very challenging uh, way to do it because I think think tanks are not used to doing that. They don't know how to talk to uh, <laughs> ordinary people. Uh, they, they know how to write memos for government or officials, but not how to talking in the language of, of the public opinion discussion. But I think it's a, it's a probably it's a very ambitious and challenging uh, goal for the next years. And I think it's part of what we as think tanks should start discussing about. What is the role of think tanks in, in a world that is uh, full of information all over, a lot of fake news going on that you need someone to help you go through, but you don't have time to read a, a report or a memo by a think tank, but to have different types of ways in which you communicate ideas. I think uh, what you are saying, and, and Colin, Colin Bradford was writing about, uh, should make us think about what is the role of think tanks in the next years and the next decade. Mm-hmm. And maybe we to think of a different model of the think tank, and it's more of a hybrid uh, part of think tanks. Part of, uh, they they knowledge from academia, but they also work in the with social media. Uh, it's like I think it's a very passionate discussion that we should work on and embark on. I, I I appreciate that, and it does seem to me maybe I'm wrong here, but that you are kind of. Uh, taking, if I can use the expression, the bulls by uh, by the horns here, and are trying to advance some of this uh, thinking uh, around the notion that you know the target for us, for the think tanks, and conceivably for other groups, is not necessarily you know the annual leaders meeting, but is much more a dialogue and a conversation with a societies. Uh, that uh, form underneath or that are with the think tank groups. 
Do you see that as a as a way forward for uh, the G, uh, for sorry the T twenty? Yes, I think that uh, we should uh, work on that probably uh, in different experimental ways and and trying to exercise different ways of doing that. Obviously, without losing what is our uh, core mission of informing. Uh, uh, debates in the in the policy domain, but I think we I, I'm convinced we should uh, work on that in the next uh, years, and I think in that uh, endeavor we should partner with uh, media outlets, we should partner with uh, social media companies. I think uh, it's not only a way to be done solely by think tanks, and because we don't have the comparative advantage for. Uh, talking to a broader audience. Yeah, and I presume, uh, well, from my perspective, one of the great dilemmas is, of course, um, what you're really pointing towards is is greater accessibility. That is, if we're producing uh, views and policy recommendations, and it's not just targeted at at, uh, government officials and the bureaucracies that that um, implies, that we have to rethink the delivery and how we deliver messaging to what would apparently be a much broader audience. Yes, definitely. And actually, uh, we here in Argentina tried to do a bit of that and tried that uh, last year with the Argentinian uh, audience. It was a very domestic uh, strategy, but because we were in Argentina trying to uh, engage in a process of the, of the T20 at the same time that Argentina was going through uh, some economic uh, challenges and it was very difficult to do our work without trying to connect with a, with a broader sentiment mm-hmm. uh, outside of uh, our nice hotel and, and a big building. So... In our in our case, although we were working for the T20 globally, but for the public opinion in Argentina, we delivered some very short um, uh, communicational pieces, of, uh, short videos, trying to uh, explain some of the uh, discussions that were going on regarding the main issues of climate change, trade, and and also with gender. And and it was interesting. It was very hard. We we realized that. Uh, some of these uh, conversations are about very urgent things that obviously people are aware because they they have a, a, uh, they they feel the, they suffer climate change here in Argentina every day when they they can't go to work because uh, it's raining and they, everything is a flood. But uh, it was difficult to show how to translate that what is discussing there a bit uh, closed uh, behind doors. Uh, have some impact on your everyday life, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we should do more in in the near future. Okay. Did you get any feedback, Julia, from the public as to you know their reactions to your efforts to reach out? We haven't measured that, uh, and actually, as you are saying this to me, I think uh, we should have done that. We we got some informal um, uh, perceptions from from some. Opinion leaders who who saw and and help us disseminate uh, right. yeah. this effort. I 
think uh, and it would be a great thing. Maybe we can think how we can do it together to uh, have some ways in which we could measure this type of efforts in the near future and see how they can really be effective in, in getting the messages across the yeah. public. Well, I, th- I think it's a great idea. I take it you're continuing your efforts through the T20 to uh, speak broadly about, you know, what what we need in terms of policies from from the T20. And, but uh, I'm in, intrigued by yours and, you know, Colin's view that the that the that the focus for the the T20 needs to be not, you know, to to broaden out to society and not simply to express collectively uh, proposals for governmental leaders. Yes, there is some very difficult, uh, big difficulty in in going through these efforts. It's also that because the the, the other part of the flexibility of the T20 is that because we are changing every year. Right. In charge of this, then you have to build this momentum across the community of think tanks. It's not only about who is in charge each year, and I think that needs a lot of work uh, ahead. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Julia, for uh, taking the time out to um, review uh, your experience and and what you hoped uh, was uh, the kind of progress and mission. Uh, of your coordinating efforts uh, on on the T20. It, it's uh, great to talk to you about this. I think it's very important. Thank you, Alan. It was great to talk to you and, and also, well, all, all of these months working uh, together, it was very also interesting to learn from what you did and you are doing with the Vision 20. And I think there's a lot of work ahead, <laughs> hopefully together. <laughs> there is a lot of work ahead. Thank you. You've been listening to the Global Symmetry Podcast with Alan Alexandrov. This episode was edited by Kyle Fulton, and the music you heard was composed and performed by Rory Lavelle. You can find more of his music at rorylavelle.bandcamp.com. <laughs>